the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. SRN News, W262CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. He was the greatest harpist and songwriter in Israel, the greatest musician in Israel. And they didn't know it. No one knew it. He didn't brag. He didn't promote himself. He was content to compose and sing songs to God and God alone. The only ones who really heard him were the sheep. And they didn't brag either. I don't think they cared. He was probably the most spiritual person alive at the time in history. He knew God better than any other living person on the face of the earth. Dad didn't even know this. He's out in the field somewhere. He thinks he's just taking care of, of his sheep when really he's communing with God. When our Lord looked at us, he saw not only what we were, he was faithful in seeing what we could become. He took away the curse of being and gave us the glorious blessing of becoming. Those are wise words from A.W. Tozier. Hello, this is Peter Silseth. Welcome to Verse by Verse. We have just begun a new study series on the life of David, a man after God's own heart. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff will be examining the many qualities and challenges that made David the greatest king the nation of Israel has ever had. Pastor Steve has been serving for over 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His teaching ministry at Lakeside has now expanded to include these daily radio Bible classes. Here is Pastor Steve as he comments on Verse by Verse. I'm Pastor Steve Kreloff with a special message about why people like you choose to support Verse by Verse with their prayers and financial gifts. It's my hope that you're encouraged in your faith and strengthened spiritually through the teaching you hear on Verse by Verse. If you've been blessed through Verse by Verse, please consider supporting this ministry with prayer and your financial gifts. You can call 727-441-1714. That's 727-441-1714. Or drop us a line at P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Today we will learn that behind every great man of God is a spirit of humility. The true man of God realizes his greatness came from God and not from himself. God created man in his image, and as we allow God to work through our lives, we become what he desires for us to be. David was soft clay in God's hands to be molded as God intended. David's desire was to be used of the Lord as God Almighty saw fit. Now, here is Pastor Steve with today's class. Now, Jesse had several sons, several sons. And when they assembled before Samuel, one of them immediately caught the eye of Samuel. Verse, verse 6. 
And it came about when they entered, that is, they entered the room, that he looked at Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Why was Samuel so impressed with, with Eliab? Verse 7 tells us, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. Well, Samuel should have known better than this. Eliab was just like Saul, tall. He was, he was the oldest. He was good-looking, just like Saul. And Eliab looked like he'd make a good replacement for Saul. But what impressed Samuel did not impress God. Samuel should have known better. Should have known better. And here's the reason he didn't impress God. The end of verse 7, a key verse in the Bible. He said, don't look at his appearance or the height of his stature. I've rejected him for God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. What a great verse. What a, what a tremendous, tremendous verse. We tend to be impressed with the outward we tend to be impressed with physical appearance. We tend to be impressed with size. We tend to be in, impressed with looks. We tend to be impressed with educational credentials, with charismatic personalities. We tend to be impressed with those who are talented, those who are outgoing, those who are physically attractive to us. But God says, that's not what I look at. You may be impressed with that, but I look at the heart. And I'm telling you, as I look at Eliab's heart, he doesn't cut it. He doesn't cut it. I'm looking at his innermost being, and that's really what the heart is, the inner quality, the inner character. And this guy doesn't have it. He doesn't have the character qualities necessary to be my king. And so Jesse the father then parades his other sons before Samuel, verses 8 through 10. And Jesse called uh, Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Now Jesse, next Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not uh, chosen these. So Samuel must have been puzzled. You've, you've shown me your sons, and not one of them is the right one. And so, verse 11, Samuel said to Jesse, are these all the children? And he said, there remains yet the youngest. And behold, he's tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of, of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to, to Ramah. With these words, we're introduced to David. Never have we heard of David before in the Bible. With these words, we're introduced to him. He was the youngest of Jesse's sons, and apparently Jesse kind of forgot about him. He's just a kid. He's the youngest. What would you possibly want with him? He's young. He's out taking care of the sheep. And uh, he's not significant enough to even invite here to see if he's going to be the king. In fact, in the, the Hebrew word for youngest, sometimes, sometimes that word carries the thought of insignificance. I'm not sure if that's the case here. It might be. Certainly, his father Jesse wasn't too impressed with the youngest. He was just the youngest, the forgotten one. Out in the field taking care of the little woolies. And uh, who, who would have thought that David would be anything 
but a teenage shepherd. He's about 16 years old at this point, uh, scholars tell us. Just a kid. He's just a kid. But when he comes into the room, God makes it clear to Samuel, this is the one. I don't care how young he is. I don't care that he's forgotten by his father and his brothers who didn't care for him either. This is the one. So Samuel anoints him. God's spirit comes upon him to empower him. And then Samuel leaves. And you know what? David was good looking too. He's a good looking young man. He had red hair. Said he was, he was ruddy. That means red. He had his soft eyes. But behind his external beauty, God saw a heart that was, for one thing, very, very humble. Now, how do we know that from this passage of Scripture of, of his humility? How do we know that David had the inner quality of, of humility, of lowliness of mind? Well, I want you to think with me for a moment. The very fact that David's brothers and his father didn't recognize how gifted and talented David was, how really great he was, indicates David's great humility. I don't know if you realize how, how great David was. This is, uh, this is how God prompted my heart to, uh, to do a study on David. Because David is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, person in, in all the Old Testament. He was great, he was multi-talented, and yet he went unnoticed, which means that he didn't blow his own horn. The fact that he was so incredibly great, and yet those closest to him didn't know it, indicates to us that he wasn't a guy who bragged, and, and he wasn't a show-off. Let me, let me tell you how great he was. He was the greatest harpist and songwriter in Israel, the greatest musician in Israel, and they didn't know it. No one knew it. He didn't brag. He didn't promote himself. He was content to compose and sing songs to God and God alone. The only ones who really heard him were the sheep, and they didn't brag either. I don't think they cared. He was probably the most spiritual person alive at the time in history. He knew God better than any other living person on the face of the earth. Dad didn't even know this. He's out in the field somewhere. He thinks he's just taking care of, of his sheep. When really he's communing with God. Not only was he a brilliant music, musician, he was the greatest warrior that Israel had ever, ever known. The greatest warrior. His brothers don't know. There's a story that we'll, we'll see when we get to it. The story of, of David and Goliath. Remember, he goes to Saul and he said, I'll take care of this Philistine. How dare he, he mock the living God? And uh, Saul says, you're, you're just a boy. He said, well, let me tell you. When I was taking care of my dad's sheep. And when a bear came and grabbed the sheep, I got it from him. A lion came, I tore it out of his mouth. That's a great warrior. That's a great warrior. His brothers, when he comes to, to give them food uh, at the battlefield, uh, his dad sends him with food in chapter 17, uh, Eliab rebukes him and said, you're just here because of your pride. You just want to see what's going on. He didn't even know how great David was. Here's the greatest warrior, greatest musician, most godly man in all of Israel, and his dad and brothers don't know it? Now that is Humility. That is humility. Why was David so humble? I'll tell you why. Because David saw God as great. You go through the Psalms, you go through and you see the songs that David composed to God, and they're about God's omnipotence. They're about God's omniscience. God is great. 
And no matter what troubles David went through, he always came back to the fact that, God, you can do it. You're great. And that's why he saw himself as humble. He said in one of the Psalms, I'm a worm. I'm not even like a man. I'm a worm. You only think that when you, when you see God for who he really is. He wasn't a guy with a bad self-image. He was a guy with a good image of God. Psalm 131 tells us about, about David and his humility. Let me read it to you. Psalm 131, verse 1. O Lord, my heart is not proud, nor my eyes haughty, nor do I involve myself in great matters or in things too difficult for me. God, you're, you're great. You're, you are so far greater than me, I don't even get involved in those things that, that uh, you're involved in. David wasn't into projecting a good image to impress others. Those closest to him, I want you to get that, those closest to him never recognized how great he was because he wasn't out to impress them. In that way, he reminds us of his greatest descendant, the Lord Jesus Christ, who in Isaiah 53, the, and Jesus is the epitome, is the absolute epitome of humility. In Isaiah 53, verses 2 and 3, for he grew up, the nation will say, grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of parched ground, he had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised, forsaken of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their, their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Why didn't Israel recognize the incredible greatness of Jesus Christ? Because they didn't want to. In their pride, they were blinded to how truly humble and great Jesus was. The same thing with David. In the pride of, of Jesse and his sons, they didn't see humility before them. So how, how does this apply to us? How does this apply to us? If, if you want to be a man after God's own heart, a man who is similar to God in character, then you have to be humble and, and not exalt yourself. Though David was a great musician, the greatest, great warrior, spiritual. He, he was not esteemed by his family, but God in his own sovereign way and time exalted David. David did not exalt himself. They, he did not. Now, some of us can really relate to, to David. Your parents don't, don't think much of you. Some of us come from backgrounds in which our parents, uh, we never got the impression that they thought we would amount to much. Some of us have been overlooked for more attractive and talented, better educated brother or sister. That's, that's just a fact. Some of, some of you have come from very difficult uh, backgrounds and maybe still struggling with this. Your folks overlooked you. You weren't as talented as, as your sibling. For others, you know what it's like to be rejected at school, at work. You're passed over while others are promoted. You're overlooked by others. You feel unknown and obscure. You know why you feel that way? Because you are unknown and obscure. That's why. And you feel that you have so much more to, to offer if you'd only get the chance. Listen, you can relate to David. That's how David was. I can certainly relate to this uh, without claiming to have any of David's greatness. I, I can relate to being passed over. If you can, I certainly can. I grew up in a home in which my brother was and still is an artistic genius. Absolutely a genius. At, at four and five years of age, he was doing drawings that 99% um, of us can't do right now. 
It's incredible. Um, not only, and, and much attention was given to him. Not only that, but I had cousins who, uh, you know, for pleasure, I think their hobby was getting a degree every year. That's all I'd hear. Oh, your cousin so-and-so just got another doctorate, just got another master's degree. In fact, it was so bad that I went to my mom and I said, am I adopted? Have I been adopted? Everybody in this family's brilliant. Uh, I, I want you to know, when I say, when I say that, I was, I was really serious because I struggled in school. How bad was it in third grade they wanted to leave me back? How bad was it? I, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. It's absolutely true. You can ask my brother. I could not remember how to spell the word go. So he made up a song for me, which I won't sing to you, but I remember it. <laughs> That's how I remember the, how to spell go. I think, were you an idiot? I think so. I think so. I couldn't spell, I couldn't remember, go. So my brother came up with a little song. And uh, uh, that's, that's uh, I, I understand how it feels to be passed over in a family. I understand that. Uh, actually, it never got any better for me when I went to Moody Bible Institute. It, it really didn't. I uh, applied one year to be a resident assistant. A resident assistant is one who's kind of in, uh, someone who goes to the school. He's a student, but he's in charge of the of the the floor that you live on. And I was called into the head man's uh, office one day, and I was one of the people applying for this job. And he told me that I wouldn't get this job. Why? Because I didn't dress well enough. It's absolutely true. I didn't dress well enough. And. Uh, uh, kind of reminds you of Saul, doesn't it? I, I, I wasn't uh, dressed the way they wanted uh, a resident assistant to be to be dressed. I remember I uh, I ran for one office at Moody. It was uh, there was a club called Pulpit Club. I, I ran for it and I was uh, running against a freshman. I wasn't a freshman. You look down upon freshmen. You figure I'll just beat this guy. I lost. I lost to this guy. It was one of the most um, embarrassing moments of my life. I remember I walked back to my dorm 14 flights of stairs because I, I was too embarrassed to even take the elevator. I was embarrassed. I know what it's like to be passed over. I, uh, I went to, uh, to them at Moody and I, I, I appealed and I said, uh, I'm going to be a pastor. I'd really like some experience in, in preaching. Could you give me some, uh, some good preaching assignments they didn't. They, they gave me um, um, rescue mission. Not that it's not important, and, and where I went wasn't that it wasn't important, but it, was, it wasn't the cream of the crop that, that, you, that you wanted. They gave me nursing homes. They gave me rescue missions. They gave others opportunity to be Warren Wearsby's assistants. And that, that's the contrast. And that's true. That's true. And I remember being so discouraged, I went to the president of Moody, and I said, Dr. Sweeting, uh, do you find that... Uh, there, that if a student is not a leader here at Moody, which I wasn't, I said, do you find that there are late bloomers? That they get out of here and they become leader? I was hoping you'd say, absolutely. He said, no. No, we don't find that. <laughs> no, he said, he said, you know, if you're not a leader here, I didn't tell him what I was going through. He said, if you're not a leader here, we find that you won't be a leader out of here. That's, that's what I thought. You think it ended there. It didn't. I became a... Uh, on staff here, a candidate to be the pastor at Lakeside. Uh, a lot of people thought I was too young. Um, a lot of people thought I was too inexperienced. And uh, a lot of people left over that. But I remember visiting uh, a family, a peer of mine. And you know what he actually said to me? He said, Steve, 
the reason that we don't want you to be the pastor is because he said, well, we don't just want a Bible teacher. We want somebody who will represent us well in the community. And I responded, you mean like Saul, tall, dark and handsome. That's exactly what he meant. It's exactly what he meant. I understand what, it, what it's like to be passed over. And uh, the truth of the matter is, if, if you can relate to this, you relate to David. What do you do in the meantime before God exalts you as you're, as you're in obscurity, as you're unknown, as no one knows and you feel like you've got some things inside to contribute, but nobody's giving you that opportunity. What do you do? Well, for right now, you turn to Philippians chapter two, which tells us what you do. You don't exalt yourself. You don't try to prove that everybody is wrong. You don't get bitter. What you do is what Paul told the Philippians to do. Philippians chapter 2, of course, keeping your place at uh, 1 Samuel 16, but Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude or have this mind in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, that although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. That is the thing to be held on to. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, too often we stop there. But the point that I want you to see is that the Bible says, be like Jesus who humbled himself. But watch verse nine. Therefore, God highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name which is above every name, gave him the title Lord. Jesus, though he was God, gave him the title Lord Jesus. What's the principle? Humble yourself, serve others, and at the right time, God will exalt you. And uh, what you feel you've got so much to contribute, God will give you that opportunity if you humble yourself. I'll read to you some passages of Scripture. James chapter 4, verse 6. He gives greater grace. Therefore, God, God says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God will give you the strength to be a humble servant. He says in verse 10, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. First Peter chapter five, same truth, verses five and six. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders and, to all, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. That's what you do. You wait upon the Lord. You don't exalt yourself. You wait upon God. As God looked into David's heart, he saw a man of humility. Saw a man who was not trying to, to brag and impress others. Waited upon God. How about yourself? Are you humble? I'm sure you feel like, uh, Lord, I want to be more humble. If you, if you don't, then you've got a question if you really know Jesus Christ. That's the evidence of a new nature. Humility. Humility. And that's what it's about. Being a servant. Being a servant. That's what, what a man after God's own heart is. That's what Jesus is like. I think many of us would shock our college friends and professors if they could see us now. It is not because of what we have done, but what God has done through us. Someone has said, humility is a quality that once you realize you have it, <laughs> you just lost it. 
You have been listening to Verse by Verse, a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Since 1981, Pastor Steve has been ministering to the Lakeside family. We at Verse by Verse Ministries are delighted to make his practical, down-to-earth messages into these radio classes. We are a faith ministry, which means the only way these programs continue on the air is through the prayers and financial support of our listeners. If you would like to be a part of supporting this ministry, we have helpful information on our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Support Us link, and you will find not only contact information, but also a scriptural philosophy of giving in general. Once more, the web address is versebyverseradio.org. Our class today is the continuation of a series on the life of King David. You can hear the entire message by ordering a CD or a cassette. Just call us at 727-441-1714. Leave a name and a number, and we'll call you back during regular office hours so that you can order a copy. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary leader, once said, when someone asked him how he was chosen for the work of China, he said that God chose a little man so that men might see what a great God we have. This is Peter Silseth, and I want to thank you for joining us today as we studied the first quality of what made David a great king. It was taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff. Please join us next Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.